0: Hello, you are very welcome to the Inside Our Schools podcast, podcast where we put all the current issues around teaching in Irish secondary schools under the microscope. I'm your host, Andrew Phelan. Welcome to episode four, uh, part one. So what we've done is we, we've split episode four into two parts because we were, we met to have a discussion around remote learning. We're having a beer, having a chat, and we ended up discussing um, the situation with the exams, the upcoming exams. So we've decided to split it into four. So this is part one. So in part one, we're discussing, I suppose, uh, all the great work that has been done uh, by teachers uh, this week in terms of you know. Online teaching, uh, people pre-recording lessons, people on Zoom, people even work correcting work, setting work, meeting students, make sure everything's okay. And um, but then we've heard, you know, th- th- this kind of scourge, uh, as, as, as I would call it, um, cropping up of, of virtual timetables, where principals are asking teachers t- to be online, running their classes as is normal from nine in the morning till four in the evening, uh, but doing it over. Uh, either you know zoom or microsoft or microsoft team so and uh, we just w- we wanted to have a discussion around that so on, on this episode we have uh, martin mcmullen who's a a politics and and religion teacher and a history teacher um and this is martin's first time on the show and we've sh- another first timer in sean fox and he teaches um english and history and then sandra faye again returns um and she's a, a business studies teacher again i just want to reiterate everybody here who's on the podcast. Uh, including myself, um, expresses their own views and not that of their trade union or the school in which they work. It's just uh, our own opinion that we're, we're, we're discussing. Um, and if you like uh, this podcast, please do uh, subscribe. Um, and if you want to come on and have a chat and have a discussion about various issues in teaching or you want to suggest any topics, um, you can email us at inside our schools podcast gmail, uh, dot com. So again, in this episode, we will be discussing... Uh, I suppose, remote learning, but more specifically, the whole idea of uh, virtual timetabling. So uh, enjoy. Very welcome along. Uh, Martin and Sean are here with us uh, for the first time. And uh, Sandra, you're uh, very, very uh, welcome back uh, on the podcast. Um, Today we are going to be talking, obviously, we're all back in school uh, a week. and We're back doing remote learning like we were uh, last year suppose people are using Zoom, people are uploading work to Google Classrooms, there's a whole host of different things that different schools and different teachers are doing. So we kind of just wanted to have a chat today about remote learning, uh, what see what people are doing, is it working, is it, is, it, is it good for students, is it good for teachers, what are the pros, what are the cons? Um, of the whole lot and again I suppose what should be expected of uh, teachers during this period and as well as students of course what should be expected of of students uh, as part of this whole remote learning thing and if we get a chance then at the end we might touch on uh, because it's obviously in the media today and it's, it's quite current uh, we will be doing another podcast on it shortly but in terms of the predicted grades and what happens at even certain now so we might touch on that towards the end, but. Just to kick off, uh, Sean and Martin. I suppose it's, it's your first time here on the on the show. So, uh, um, given everything that's going on, I suppose just if any you want to to come in with your with your point of view of what's going on and how the Department of Education's handled it, the union reaction, and anything just just for a few minutes, just at the beginning, if you if you'd like, if you haven't heard from me yet. So uh, the floor is yours, Sean. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, um, thanks for uh, inviting me on. First place, uh, Andrew. Um, just remote teaching, I well suppose, because that's what we're in the middle of at the moment. I I think it's very much um, a pinnacle or almost a representation of how the government handled this pandemic since the start, which has been slow and reactionary. Um, and that goes right back to the beginning when we didn't close down the flights from Italy on time. Going back to Ireland, Italy rugby match, the St Patrick's Day celebrations, the slow. Um, I suppose, started bringing in PPE from, uh, from China when eventually the plane loads started to arrive in. This is, uh, I suppose, happening at the moment with the remote teaching because we have said, well, the SCI have said since the start, we need to get plans in place. We need to get phones in place to have uh, laptops and devices for kids and for students. And, uh, you know, have a plan B in place in case we might go to remote teaching in January. None of that was done. We, we left it in, in, in hope that the numbers would not rise over Christmas, where, I mean, the dogs in the streets could see the level of socialising that was going on in Ireland. The, the, the general cold weather that brings in the ordinary flu, When we it was, was quite likely we we're going to see a large rise in numbers and nothing was done to prepare, one, the healthcare system or to remote teaching for that eventual outcome that so we could all
0: see coming. Yeah, I think I think as well, I mean, I was speaking to a couple of principals there the other day um, and they were saying as well, and I agree that, you know, it seems that the department did bring out this document, you know, how to remote learning schools, whatever, but they just seemed to drop it there and then left the schools to clean up the mess and, and to deal with it. Uh, it seems to be, uh, I suppose... What they're doing at the moment that's the way the department seems to be operating you know just coming up with an idea dropping it and leaving schools and, and teachers deal with the mess you know martin you wanted to say something
2: yeah i think in general the government's um response to this crisis has been uh very instructive of, of um the kind of stereotype that people have of politicians which is they're uh coming on to radio shows and they're they're uh, not answering questions directly they're uh kind of coming out with uh, standardized answers and told to say a certain thing, even though it sounds absolutely ridiculous. They'll stick to that uh, party government line as it were. And, uh, and it's no wonder that people um, in general, let's say, um, have a very low opinion of politicians, the way, that, uh, the way they behave. And it all comes down to a question of honesty. Um, what, what is the, the reality of, of the situation in, in Ireland? Uh, at the minute and, and you know our our school is a safe place to be in we've been hearing this mantra for for a couple of weeks um months in fact uh all oh, schools are safe schools are safe schools are safe and scientists after scientists in the last few weeks have, have rolled up to say yeah that uh, but it's a bit more complex than that schools are safe whenever the community transmission is low absolutely and uh, i think you know, there's been a complete lack of uh, transparency on the part of government to, to acknowledge that, you know, for in, in, in the first instance, the schools were going to play a huge part in, in any subsequent surge of the coronavirus, um, uh, pretending that, that these places were, were immune to to, um, to the virus. So um, I think, you know, following on from that, can you have confidence in, in the government of the day to... Come up with a, a coherent plan in terms of the remote learning, in terms of the leave insert that um, is purported to be going ahead. Um, I have very, very little confidence in government to do any of that, to be quite honest. And it's seen in the seen in the remote learning plan that uh, that they released. It's very, it's very vague, and I'm sure we'll go on to to discuss a few of the details of it. But um, it's very vague and. Uh, at the same time, it could be quite a damning uh, document if teachers were, were, were held to account by it. Um, thankfully, the union today uh, released their own document, um, which is far more level-headed and far, far more uh, nuanced in, in, in respect to what is demanded of teachers in, in, in terms of the learning. So uh, I think as we go along, we'll, we'll probably uh, probably discuss some of those of those points from that document which which i think was was a positive step forward
3: can i just say something andrew i know i've been on so i won't say long but i think it's very important that a podcast records a moment in time and it's just following from what martin said look it hasn't been lost on me and i hope not society that we're in the middle of a pandemic and the government is blaming community and society and just this week the government blamed society on the mother and baby homes and I just think that, I hope that's not lost on people. Power runs the system. And power did what they did to them women, to the young men in the industrial schools. And to blame society and to blame the families who are powerless. Like you, we lived in a community back there where the priest could come and talk to your employer of these far, of fathers and just get them losing their jobs. Like there was a woman on the radio, Terry Harris, that said they threatened to go to her father's job unless she was dealt with in a certain manner. And all of this happens to society. So... Look, there's a narrative going on this week, you know, where they tried to, with great support from the community and, and the parents, because we could see the numbers. Nobody wants society opened up in December. We were, the numbers were climbing in December. Something had to be done. We were definitely going to have to switch to blended learning at a minimal. But this solely, solely lies on the ground of the governments and the decisions they made in December. And I just want to make it the point, they bent over backwards to say that the schools were safe. They wouldn't tell us where the index cases were coming from. They kept saying it was coming from the community into the home. And now, it lo- and now the SAGE report says the kids were the index case. And now because they're being questioned over the opening up of the hospitality and the shops, they're trying to say, no, the biggest spread was in the house. But they're only, they're only gathering close contacts in houses. They're not gathering the close contacts in the pubs and the restaurants. So it's impossible to say, look, it doesn't take a scientist to say, if you catch it in the pub, you're definitely going to infect your whole household. But they're not measuring who catches it in the pub and we're not stupid. If I was kept to just only meeting one other family in my house, it would only infect one other family. If I'm encouraged to go out and spend my money and open up the whole hospitality. And so the door, the book lies with the government and those and the powers that be, and they're putting the economy first. So I wanna say what they blamed us on in history, they blame society and the mother and baby homes. And we need to learn in the pandemic. We just came out of Google, um, student walkouts on the environment. And we can, these cannot be trusted to avoid, they can't get us out of this pandemic. They're putting profits for us and we're gonna to have to look seriously going into the future about the environmental crisis. And it's just worth worth saying like that, that's what we're heading back into. And I think everyone mentioned um, Martin just right there, like how can we trust these type of oh, governments to do that, we can't.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I agree. And even Martin, something you were saying there a minute ago about, you know, they are safe and, and they are safe. Like I was talking to a friend of mine who works in um, Frontline. He's a healthcare worker. Um, but he was saying that he now has a problem because his child is out of creche because um, they have two cases uh, in the creche um, among staff. And I was asking about previous to this and they said they've they've never had a case. They've never had a case in the creche. Um, up until this point, and that was going back last year. I mean, but now they have two among staff, and they've only just gone back a week or a, f- a few days. So you can see how it was safe is it safe now was safe is it safe now and you know schools of course are closed so what would it be like if we were in schools now just taking that small tiny example you know but anyway look schools are closed we're back in this is our first week uh, remote learning Um, and it's a lot easier imagine this happened four or five years ago with no zoom no nothing like that you know it just so there there is an element that we can be slightly closer uh, to the kids in in terms of the lessons with with the likes of zoom and teams and all that so just a quick uh, shot around like how, how are we getting on this week uh, what have we heard because we're all uh, to people who are listening most of us here are involved are active in in, in the union and in the asti that is and we go to branch meetings and so on so uh, what have you heard um around remote learning um, uh, let's this i suppose go with the positives first is what kind of stuff is happening out there you know martin yeah yeah <laughs> go with the positives first um no i'll, I'll actually <laughs> just go with
2: the reality first to be honest with you yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of videos been posted around WhatsApp and so on, funny funny videos. You know, parents pulling their hair out <clears throat> about um, remote learning, and uh, you know, they're, they're loaded up on this app. Oh Jesus, uh, I haven't got access to the printer. Oh no, the inks run out. Oh, there, there there's all kinds of um, hidden problems as well with remote learning that a lot of people, unless. And, and, and I don't mean to be disparaging here, but unless you have direct experience of uh, being in a household with kids of school-going age, <clears throat> you'll some people find it very hard to empathise with the uh, the daily struggles and, and they're, they're stupid things, really stupid things. Uh, I've, I've a daughter who's nine and and she's working off a, a seesaw app, and yeah, okay, great. The teachers po- post the app. Uh, post the work up in the app, Um, she posts a recording of her saying something in Irish, and then she says, oh, can the kids uh, repeat, basically, the Irish story that she just read? Yeah, okay, great. But, you know, uh, she has to record it on the phone where she's seeing the PowerPoint from, and you can't do the two things at the same time, so you need another device. All these stupid little Mm -hmm. logistical things, which... um, Add up, and you know I I've I two kids. I know Sean's three <laughs> it must be even worse. Um, but when when you have kids in the house and they're and they're running from one app to the next and um, trying to make sense of 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 things and so on, and, and asking you questions. Of course, they're going to ask you questions. You know. Now, my wife doesn't get involved in the homeschool or anything. Uh, she she's working from home as well, so it's left to me now. I've tried to make this point at at various staff meetings and so on that uh, following a virtual timetable as we were expected to do uh, is an impossibility in my case and certainly in the cases Mm -hmm. of of other teachers uh, with kids and and, and there are people with different circumstances out there anyway Uh, it's an impossibility so um, you know there's a lot of there's a, there's a lack of empathy there, I think, among certain school management's for, you know, the predicament that that teachers uh, will find themselves in, you know. So that that'd be my experience of it. Aren't you?
0: Yeah, well, look, I I would be exactly the same if if my principal turned around to me and said, "We're doing a virtual timetable." In other words, you're following your timetable from your nine o'clock class in the morning till your four o'clock class in the evening, and you're going to be there for every single class. That's just not. I'd say blatantly. Well, you may sack me down because that's not going to happen because I have a child at home. So, and and my wife works from home remotely as well. Uh, so basically, what you're saying to me is. So when I have a class just for my own child on YouTube there for a couple of hours, is it, you know, um, yeah. my child is four, so she's she's not back in the and yet, obviously. But so is that what I'm supposed to do? Just just throw her on YouTube and forget about her just to do to do your job. And I can hear I can hear people if they're listening to this and they're not teachers. And I know people who are accountants. I know people who are who are working from home and in, in other um in other jobs. And they're saying, well, I have to go. Up. I'm going upstairs at nine o'clock in the morning, and I don't want to come down till five in the evening. I'm at a computer all day, and I have two kids. I'm saying, yeah, but the point is, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no yeah. employer should demand that you do that. And if yeah. your husband then, or if your wife, dependent, which are, and and they're a teacher, then how can they teach uh, while well, you're upstairs as well and doing your job from home? You know, so the idea and and the reason I suppose this is coming up is because um. I've seen it on on social media, on Voice for Teachers and all these other kind of, um, um, uh, I suppose, social media outlets. And I've heard it at branch meetings as well that that this is the kind of thing that is expected uh, to happen. Uh, and I, for one, would never ab- abandon my own children just to do my job. That's just not going to happen, you know. Um, Sean, you were, wanted to come in there, I think. Well, uh, it's, a, it's a strange
1: one. There's almost um, a societal perspective of, around how um, working from home should work. And it's generally based around how office jobs or other industries work at home, by be on a phone or be on a laptop or be on the voice mm-hmm. all day. Now, the difference is, and this is where perspective is important. If you're working for maybe an insurance um, industry and you're on Zoom calls or on the phone, on the other end of that Zoom meeting or phone call is an adult we're dealing with children and teenagers who operate very much differently. So how we work from home must meet their needs as well. And I suppose that's an argument that we're gonna have later on because I have serious problems around virtual timetables, how that impacts education on children. So I'll get into that later on, but from my own perspective of working um, from home, I have uh, three children here and my wife is a nurse. So, As you can imagine, she's quite busy lately. Um, Slightly. I like that's during the day uh, at the staff meeting, we were told uh, to follow a virtual timetable and to have a live class, literally for every single class that we have on our timetable, so in effect 22 uh, live classes a week. Now, I think, to be honest with you, and as I said, to the principal, excuse the pun, that is virtually impossible. Um, particularly with the which, which three kids and working parents will notice themselves whether teachers are not teachers. And um, what we're told then is that the hour class will become a 15 minute class. So we'll have a 15 minute break in between each class. And, you know, I asked the principal, um, was that to feed the kids or was that to get them dressed <laughs> or was that the home schooling Or maybe one of them was in the toilet and needed help. So at what stage do I? Very by 15 minutes to get them dressed, help them, and feed them, and do the homeschooling. It's it's it was an impossible demand to put on
0: people. I'm I'm, la- I'm laughing here, but it's it's a very, very serious situation. But it and it's actually laugh, but I suppose what's funny is that people would expect it to, to be in that position, you would just expect that's what you're supposed to do, you know, and it's it's bananas,
1: yeah. Uh, and just just another point around that as well, and argument I was making um because this virtual timetables and um you know being live uh, on zoom or google meets for every single class um, this was this was spun to be beneficial to the teacher because their, their school day could end at four o'clock um and personally that doesn't suit me because nine before i'm i'm, I'm looking after the kids in terms of their homeschooling uh you know, the general needs of, of children, three children in the house as well. And then I was kind of getting an awful lot of my work done in the evening time. I was, I was doing voiceovers for videos, voiceovers for slides. I was downloading the textbooks and going through page by page and voice, voiceovers for them and uploading all them videos and worksheets. And I was doing an awful lot in the evening time and then up, uploading it the next morning. And then, you know, touching base through the day with corrections and sorting uh, out problems by email or a couple of comments maybe on Google classroom so my, my, my point is that that's beneficial to me surely it's the same for the students and there's a question here around equal access to education um, and particularly for students in socially and economically disadvantaged areas because when I'm sitting down uh, say today and I had my, my tablet in front of me doing some work for school both my kids were both on tablets as well both doing work for two different schools that they're in. So that's three tablets we had all going at the same time to do school uh, schoolwork. You now, that's great, myself and my wife as a nurse, we have good jobs and we can afford that. There so isn't people in, in that scenario can do the same. And particularly if parents are working from home, parents need access to their voices as well. Mm-hmm. And we're locking students out of participation in live classes if they don't have the access up at that particular time, mm. surely that information should be put online, pre-recorded, that he can go back to at a time that suits them.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, th- th- I was going to say that you know that that is one thing that uh, that's what can be done. So we we we've kind of all of us here really have said that you know this whole virtual timetable in other words following your lessons from 9 to 4 in the in the evening doesn't work um, and can't work uh, both for for ourselves and as you said for for students because some students could have three or four Uh, brothers and sisters all trying to do remote learning and then they might miss that class let's say at uh, I don't know 9 40 because their brother or sister was on the device at that particular time and they couldn't make it so then they've missed out you know so there is there is missed learning there as well and then so if if, and as you said Sean like if you can't you might have to have an hour where your uh, own child has a lesson or your own child has to get out and do some exercise or play a bit of ball because let's face it they're stuck in the house as well so you, you've got to do that as well so you, you give yourself that hour so you can't teach so you might leave work and actually that is more work you know because those videos themselves you've got editing in them you've got you know it, it's actually easier I, I think just to sit in front of a screen like we're doing now and, and and have your lesson um. but it's just the time that you can't do that so what I suppose what can be done then I suppose is our, I think is a good, is a mix, you know, obviously the Zoom works, the, the the Microsoft Teams, if that's what some people are using, I suppose it works to check in, as, as some, Martin you've said and Sean you said, to check in uh, every now and then and see how the students okay. are getting on, they can ask questions on some of the lessons that you've pre-recorded or some of the work that you've left that they didn't quite understand, so I think yeah. a sensible approach probably is what is what everybody is looking for, yeah. isn't it, Sandra, Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, I think, look, it has to be the autonomy of a teacher because, look, that's we've been we didn't go into this profession willy nilly. We're not millionaires, we're not this. We went into it for the love of it, you know, to to educate, you know, to kids. And for a lot of us, I know we believe that education was the way out of poverty traps, and now the longer we're seeing the system, it's not okay. But that's what we went in. So we're not here to actually you know not provide the kids with a good service we want to but also as trade unionists here we're all very much for workers rights. so that's a balance that we have to meet and we have to meet very well and andrew you said it like you know we have people in the twitter uh, i'm up in my room from nine to five and that's what i do well i just want to say this i noticed that that's like you're up your room at nine to five and you have children someone's taking care of your children and look at you because you're probably paid a high wage or you can pay for that if you've got somebody in because if you don't have somebody in well then the double board normally falls on the female in the family and i know sean it's not in your case but it normally does or martin you said it but it does so the only way that any worker possibly who's children a young age I can sit in a room nine to five and try to lord over the rest of us is one they paid for somebody to come in to mind their children or somebody in your household is doing the double boarding. you're upstairs I'm able to do it but somebody downstairs is carrying out the tasks of minding the children do you know and, and it comes back to that's been free labor for ages and now crashes are shut down and the reality is that every worker private public sector And this is why we call for the unionization of most private jobs, because we believe exactly what you said, Andrew. That should not be expected right now in the middle of COVID. Anybody be carrying out an an, 8 hour workday, because in order for you to carry out an hour workday, clearly there's someone in your house, unemployed, being used as free labor for your boss. Because, you know, you can't basically, and you should be calling rank with your boss saying, hold on. And I think the more we make them aware that there's someone in the household to pick up the slack, but that shouldn't be the case. It's a joint parenting job. Look at Sweden and the rest of the countries. The reason there is less onus on women to do most of the duties is because they get the same paternity leave, they get the same everything. And we need to address that in COVID, that not one parent, whether it be female or male, be taking up the whole slack. And so you need to serve your boss. And granted, some people work in really hard private industries that you'd be sacked. And that's what we're against. So you can't see this sense of, like, there has to be worker solidarity. And everybody just has to put themselves in the shoes and say, holy God, could I teach online and teach my kids at the same time? No. So therefore, there's no way possible teachers can can follow virtual timetables. There's just no way possible. Mm -hmm. And they shouldn't expect the other person in the job, in their household, to take all that up for free. They just shouldn't put that pressure on somebody. It's isolating. They get no adult company. It's just not right. So pressure has to be put on bosses. Like... You know, there's a lot of unemployment now. They're getting COVID payments. It could increase employment if these companies were forced to take on extra work. So people were reduced to a five-hour day, a four-hour day. Why have that big amount of unemployment? So the same true now to supervision. Like a lot of stuff that we're being asked to do, upload a work, do this and that. Um, I don't know if people are aware. Like, obviously, people listen to this. The amount of precarity in teaching right now, and I'm really feeling sorry. And I have a, a partner who's on a really low, really, really relied a lot on substitution. Them hours are gone, and they're not entitled to COVID payment. Mm-hmm. So, increasing their contracts to take up and expand the virtual timetable—that's something that they, they can take up. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is we shouldn't allow the government to pit us off each other. Mm-hmm. We have we're double jobbing now as families, and it comes down to Thatcher. The family has to be responsible for everything. And they don't you can't do two jobs at the same time but just linking in andrew what's coming up for people and for myself like i'm like sean i wanted to pre-record everything because look i'm in a black hole where internet is concerned it's just i can't like you see most times i'm on this i turn my camera off a lot of the time the evening time is better because not everybody's on their internet in the area and you're, pre, you're pre-recording at night, exactly what Sean said. You're doing matching worksheets because you want minimal questions. You want to make it really easy. You're like, here's the video. Here's the pre-recording. Here's the questions that match. You're doing all that amount of work. And their principals are wanting you to log on live to every single lesson. Call a role. We'll do all this. You've done everything in the nighttime because that's where your flexibility was. Mm. Or... Or you you're known like i'm not like wanting stuff on live we know how much can go wrong on live so demanding the live lessons is a bit counterproductive it's what I, i want to finish with what i started with it's teacher autonomy what works best and it has to be we put forward a directive that says time neutral and right now during covid it shouldn't be time neutral and because there's double jobbing happening, because there's households being ran, because all the services that we use to share our household responsibilities have been cut off from us, it should be actually less than time neutral. As I said, there's lots of unemployment there. People's contracts should be reduced to four or five hours a day. So time neutral is not even good enough anymore because we are double jobbing. And that has to be accepted. And we're not the only people double jobbing. And we get that. But as you said, Andrew, we need solidarity solidarity from that. But teacher autonomy is key. We know best we have we we're um, because were a cosmo double job and we should be left to the autonomy to know what works and um another person that came from the branch as well said there's no end to your day and I, I don't know that you can come in on this for me especially because it's all new and new resources and you're doing something you're trying to change up do you find you're lying in bed and you're like maybe I'll do that or I'll do that oh geez I didn't post that or I logged that or it's just schedule that or I could change that and you're just not logged off because it's all so new you're just your mind is racing constant at what will work and what won't work and how can you change it, you know, to have a bit of variety. And, you know, I'll, I'll just leave it there because I'm being, again, in the chat, but that, that for me, somebody said there is no end to their day now because it's all so new. And there's always all so much looking at different apps, different things that work, different things that will be presented.
0: Your head is always switched on, but one of the things you mentioned there has come up a few times. I've seen in social media and at uh, branch level as well, is the whole idea of not just the virtual timetable, but but taking a roll call. Um, but and and then you you're supposed to follow up if somebody hasn't attended a class. But I mean, uh, and this goes back to the student's perspective as well. I suppose they can't be expected to attend every class because you don't know what that individual's background is. Surely, as I the point I made a few times is. Surely engagement is if they do the, the work that was left for them or surely then then that should be counted as their roll call. They've they've partaken in the class, they've sent back whatever's done, they've they've done the task that they were asked, you know. Um so and I suppose the thing, Martin, you want to come in there, yeah? Go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, no, finish and, and no, no, go on,
0: jump it. on. I'm the host I'm when you go on.
2: <laughs>
0: um, My opinion doesn't matter, I'm the host.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh no, the the Teacher autonomy, it's, it's written in the document that was released today by the The professional autonomy for teachers to decide the balance of activities, including screen time, must be respected. OK, mm. um, that, that's a huge statement. Right. And that's one that, you know, we can um, justifiably say, well, this is my approach. And this is something I think works uh, works well with with the, the, the students that I teach. And therefore, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. And, and the principal must respect it rather than trying to railroad us into live classes. Now, and, and I'd like to take issue with the the whole thing about live classes. I, I, I did a Google Meet class uh, yesterday with a first year group. And uh, yeah, there was, there was uh, 17, 15 kids logged on. Right, great. Uh, and I talked to them about, you know, what what I expected of them and so on. Um, and after about five minutes, I thought, Jesus Christ, this is, this is getting a bit repetitive. Uh, you know, anybody any questions? And there was a few questions, and that was it. the the the, the, the interaction was quite uh, uneventful. Put it like that. There, there was nothing. Uh, there was nothing to be gained by me talking to them for any length of time. To be quite honest. Um, and, and i teach history to these guys so the the sensible approach was to say right lads you know what read page 49 for and, and 50 and answer the questions in the bottom of page 50 and you know what if you have any if you have any questions about that give us an email or, or drop something into the google class and we'll get back to you as soon as we can that to me is far easier than doing a live class where you might have prepared powerpoints and and uh there's something called Jamboard or something you can use in Google. Um, and, and you know, you're drawing on it while you're talking to them. They, they might be a million miles away while, while you're talking to them on a screen. So um, the, the document today uh, I thought was very instructive because it says there is no substitute for classroom teaching. The live classes is not a substitute for classroom teaching. Um, and And... That is, a, that is a, a, a massively true statement, one that we have to always reiterate because I, I, I think there are principals out there who, who like to pretend to themselves that, oh, if we have live classes, sure, you know, it's basically the same thing. No, it's not. It's not. And, and my perspective on it is that it's, there is very, very little value in doing live classes the whole the whole term i think is an oxymoron checking in with your students every week absolutely yeah no problem but set them doable tasks and this is something uh i'll finish in a second but this is something um with the primary schools where i've taken issue with it that teachers uh send powerpoints online and they send uh, voiceovers and they send worksheets and they send all manner of resources online so means you need to have a device in front of you at all times whereas the kids have these books that they've paid for there are very reasonable tasks in them and for some reason these books a lot of the time are ignored uh in in favor of these uh super duper online resources that you can access you know things like kahoot and so on yeah, great. I mean, if it turns you on, do it, but you know, these textbooks were invented for a reason. Uh, they're, they're accessible to kids and Jesus, use them, you know, as much as you can in any homeschool context.
0: Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, was,
1: I was just want to hit on the point there that Martin's actually suggesting and it, There's almost, um, an infallibility surrounding technology in the world that it cannot be questioned. If it's new, it's better. And if it's technology, it's even better again. So we're going towards this, but everything that they're telling us about education, what we want to promote in the classroom, you know, independent learning, creative learning, investigative learning, an online Zoom doesn't do that. It doesn't do any of that. An online Zoom class, or, sorry, an online Zoom uh, meeting with a class, that almost goes back to very, very old teaching of chalk and talk. So we've been told chalk and talk was wrong, but suddenly the pandemic arrives and it's get online there and give you know twelve year old children a lecture for an hour mm-hmm. and, and, and expect them to take something from that. They should have tuned out after five minutes. But I mean, and even if, and was,
0: even if they're tuned out after five minutes of your class, on, they then have to sit through if it, if, if virtual time tells expected, yeah. they to sit through another one after that hour and then another one after that hour. Be yeah, well, Andrew,
1: I, do, I just think even if you... listen, I'm not going to come on here and say um live classes are a completely bad thing. no there are two saying is, tools. it needs yes absolutely it needs to be varied amongst many tools that we use in the classroom on a daily basis i mean there's nothing here for any level of logistic or kinesthetic learning mm. it is simple chop and talk lecturing for an hour that we give to third level and now we want to give it to primary school and first years mm. now i'm, I'm just going to say what martin and which 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 know, nice, and Martin was talking. We have books, we have the, the workbooks the go with the, the, the publisher's books as well, and they don't seem to be a tool we want to use anymore at home. And what, what I want to say is and it's quite important <clears throat> because, particularly in the modern age where, where kids are more and more um, spending their free time on the on voices and in the technological world between our, the PlayStations or listening to their, their music. In, uh, we are now taking an element that you had a break from that during school time and now turn into that. So, so the kids are now on devices for school. And then when they want to get a break from that, when you want to get a period of relaxation from a device, they're now turning to another device. So they're putting the tablet down and put, picking up a PlayStation. So they're actually not really giving the brain a break from uh, a technological overload.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I. As a PE teacher, um, I. You know, th- I've heard. I've heard stories of. Cla- of people that have been expected to deliver. Uh, PE Zoom classes uh, online when they have their normal PE class, and for me, the idea just makes me want to vomit. You know, uh, they're already on a screen for other classes. They're already doing work, and I. And someone said, well, you could do like a Joe Wicks type video and jump around and show them the exercises and said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can you can absolutely but they're still in their room staring at a screen doing that yeah they might be exercising i i the way i'm doing it is i'm doing a kind of a, a zoom class uh, just to explain what we're going to do over the next week or two. And then I set them tasks to do that they have to go on. And the, the vast majority of those tasks are getting outside, you know, get outside your house, get out into the fresh air. And here's some tasks that I want you to try and do. Um, and, and then they come back and they, they, they give us feedback and they have to fill in a, you know, a kind of a, an evaluation of what they did and what they thought of it. And then, and then we kind of build on that for another few tasks. And then I'm setting, I'm setting, I'm um, setting, a few videos, I'm pre-recording a few videos about, you know, about nutrition and about a few different things so they can, they can watch those. But I'm trying to steer away from te- technology as much as possible. When we're in school, yes, I was using technology more because it, it's a physical lesson. They're moving around, they're outside, they're inside. So we're using technology there. But because they're using all technology, and Sean, as you said, because it's their rest, I'm trying to stay away from it as much as possible and getting them to do tasks and get them outside, you know. And so that's just kind of some of the stuff that I'm doing with P, But I have heard people are demanding these things and and you know what we can say all we want there's probably no evidence that a zoom class teaches them better than martin as you said reading a story in a book and answering the questions there's probably no evidence that zoom works better than that because they learn really i suppose in education from their peers as much as from the teacher from the task that's set from talking to the students from listening to other students answers and so and so on um, which is just not happening uh, on Zoom. And and I know there's probably teachers listening in and say, Well, in my Zoom class, all the students are answering questions and they're all doing this, and, and fair enough, and that is probably true. But the point, Martin, I think the over kind of the overall point really that Nisi made here is the point that you made, and that is that teaching on Zoom and teaching uh, remotely is not and nowhere near the same as being in a classroom, nor should it expect it to be. Yes, we are being paid, for teachers, so yes, we should be doing our best for the students during this time yes the students should be of course trying to engage with them, but we, it cannot be it, it's a pandemic we're all at home we cannot it cannot be expected to be the same or nor will it uh, be the same you know that's the main point and i suppose if you take it from that then um where do we go now with the exams you know if, if we want to go there or if anyone wants to come back in remote learning before we move on yeah sandra
3: i'll just come in there i as well because i have i agree with loads and then i have and it's that I, have, don't, I don't agree, I agree with loads, but like, sure, that's what makes the podcast good. Because I totally agree they should be off technology, but I also think now that the government have made remote teaching the public enemy number one, and this and that, trying to mm. keep us in school when we should have been doing blended learning. There mm. is loads of achievements, like I have to say anecdotally, my nephews and nieces love it. They mm. absolutely love it. Um, they love the idea of getting on, doing the work, less messing, and I have to say, like, the engagement on two folds now. The engagement I'm getting assignment wise this time around, not the first time round, because look, we came under huge criticism the first time round. Teacher only uploading this as if we even knew what Google Classroom was. We never had to upload a home assignment before March. And people were like, oh, they just did this. I use Zoom through my different um, different things I do in life. I never use Zoom or any of that got to do with teaching ever or any of that and nor the kids and I'm an IT teacher as well, right? So like the amount of IT we got to do between September and December was unreal. I like, we there was across different branches. You weren't allowed to use IT, they weren't allowed to use their phones. And I just taught, I teach in a disadvantaged school. No, you're not telling me, if this shuts down, the kids gonna be doing the homework on the phone, they're gonna be uploading to me on the phone because we can teach stuff on school computers. But the interface of a phone, anybody who uses any app knows what you tell somebody where to do, what to do on a computer is totally different to what you do on a phone. Mm. So them know mm. their interface and their Google interface or their Teams interface on their phone because we work in disadvantage areas. The chances of them having millions of technology other than the phone was slim to none. Mm. And like my amount of assignments that are submit daily are so high, more than if I was in class. I have to say, right? And I'll clarify what I think that is. Now, I am getting daily, like, say, I have an attendance of 22. I had 16 assignments to submit. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I had 15 assignments submitted. submit. Now, here we go. And it leads into your question. I teach senior cycle. I have, like, four classes of senior cycle. They're sweating they're living on their nerves the poor things mm. they're afraid oh my god is she going to be predicting grade to me is she going to be this is she going to be that mm. do you know what I mean can I say I'm not talking about engagement like us talking here that's not happening I can agree with everybody that does not mm. replicate a real classroom but mm. for safety blended learning should have been brought in in September numbers in the whole society and community could have been kept low mm. using our technology it's not a substitute but also for a long time before this happened our school had zero policy use on bring your own devices, right? And whereas the kids and the reports were saying the kids loved it. And look, it, it's their little fingertips. Rather than it just being used for social media, I would have loved it to be used for used for education. They're answering questions. Google it there. Ask it. You know, they're asking you a thousand questions. Mm-hmm. You know, we need them for critical thinking. I can teach, we can then analyse and criticise and, and debate rather than just using, you know, autonomy, you know, define answer lists, that yeah, shit yeah. Can be of. With, with google it quickly yourself and answer that part and then I'll have to work on the hierarchy questions at the end of the worksheets or at the end of the book as you said man I totally agree and when I say worksheets match up I'm using the book big time look I struggle to even say like you know because you're so busy uh, what way to word this question you're so used to the book and why would you not use their questions to match your voice over but to link into the kinesthetic I was so nervous. I live with an elderly parent with loads of underlying conditions. My mom's moved in. It was like, you know, you, you, the isolation and all of this. You just don't want it. But I was pre-recording so that we could go outside. I didn't have to spend two hour classes. I was told I, we were reading the science labs. We were debating it. And all of a sudden we were uploaded to two hour devices. I was like, that's the whole class infected. So yeah. I was pre-recording lessons so we could go on walks. They could listen and come back in and answer the questions they could see their PowerPoints and do it because I was like I'm taking care of myself if I'm not going to be given blended learning by this government I'm going to do my own version of it so I used to walk out of the classroom earphones on phone on getting to upload so that we were ready for this phase and, and do that sort of thing so I agree the ki- like the uploading and the pre teaching can allow kids to get out for a walk this idea that they have to be stuck at this desk looking at us teachers answering our questions there and then like there can be like podcast versions. I'm thinking about the business because I'm a socialist getting into the debate with the three business teachers and we can mm. have the crack, you know, and the kids would learn a lot more of me challenging business and then coming from a real business point of view and we could have great crack and that's sort of thing we've been talking about and hopefully it takes off. But these pre-recorded things, podcasts, you get out and do your run, that's an education the kids can learn from and mm. maybe they do their own and there's all this type of creativity that can happen. Mm. But I do agree, don't show, you know, everything is a combination, everything is a combination but this idea of live 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 i think is about over monitoring the students and over monitoring us listen we're going to come out with the best science kids ever of the next generation do you know that kind of way in itself that will tell you how much environment and society affects your education rather than the book being rammed down your throat
0: yeah look i mean it sounds like from the very beginning here we've been given out which we we, we probably have (laughs) but uh really we're given out of it the expectancy uh, and what's expected and expected that this is going to be equal to in school expected that we would be there from nine in the morning until four in the evening Ex- the students expected the same and the students expected to work the same but really and but but there is really really good stuff going on there is, as you said and i know people who are making uh, podcasts for their students i know people who are are doing the whole zoom thing with all the the stuff that pops up in training that I don't even know how to do. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm a PE teacher, and I'm trying to get them to do some sort of exercise. Uh, but uh, and there's some the incredible PE teachers now, Andrew. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> there's some. There's some, and I'm sure there's some brilliant PE teachers who are doing all that stuff as well. But I mean, there, there. What the point I'm trying to make is there is really, really good stuff being done. Uh, by lots and lots of teachers out there and they're trying to keep the students engaged uh, and as you said sandra you know and, and it's way better than the last time it's way better than last year because people have done it last year they found their feet and by the way teachers found their feet on their own with no guidance from the department with no guidance from government with any of that any support <coughs> teachers figured this out uh, themselves and they've, they, they know what works and what doesn't work now and there, there is really really good stuff but it isn't the same and it isn't the same unlike a school which is probably 11 playing field because everybody either has their children in creche or they have their children in school and they're in school and they're teaching and it's a level playing field you're 40 minutes you're teaching your students or an hour-long class whatever this is not 11 playing field so for a 22-year-old or a 23-year-old who can sit at a desk all day and teach and do all these wonderful things, the same cannot be expected of someone with three or four kids hanging out of them. It's just, it's not a level playing field, you know. So these are just some of the dangers, I suppose, around remote learning, which brings it back to the point that it is not the same as um, as full-on school, as Martin was saying uh, but let's not forget we are out of full-on school because of covid and safety not because uh, you know we, we feel like being at home uh, you know this is the point uh, so the expectations are huge and maybe people should just you know those expectations shouldn't be and the pressure shouldn't be what they are we are in the midst of a global pandemic where people are dying and so on so uh, uh, again you know that's the situation we find ourselves in and that is where we left the conversation on uh, remote learning and virtual timetabling. Uh, so we split it there, and we will be back with part B, um, maybe tomorrow or the day after, and about um, what 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 happens now in terms of the leaving certain predicted grades uh, and, and so on. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed the episode again remember you can subscribe it's on apple Podcasts, it's on google Podcasts, it's on spotify so you can subscribe to the podcast there and be kept up to date with all the latest episodes if you'd like to come on or if you would like to suggest any topics you can email us at podcast at gmail.com so um yeah, again, all I have to say is stay safe and uh, we will be back to you with part B of this uh, episode and my thanks to uh, Martin, Sean uh, and Sandra for their contribution today. Thank you very much. Bye bye.